I'm just going to come out and say it. We just don't put enough emphasis on sleep. It's my number one pillar of health, and for very good reason. It simply impacts on so much biologically. Today, I'll outline why, and I'll give you some tips on how to improve your sleep. Shift work can be brutal, but it doesn't have to be. Welcome to a healthy shift. My name is Roger Sutherland, certified nutritionist, veteran law enforcement officer, and 24-7 shift worker for almost four decades. Through this podcast, I aim to educate shift workers using evidence-based methods to not only survive the rigors of shift work, but thrive. My goal is to empower shift workers to improve their health and well-being so they have more energy to do the things they love. Enjoy today's show. And welcome to today's episode of the show. Today, tips to improve your sleep. Now, sleep is a massive problem for so many, and I'm quite prepared to say that we just don't put enough emphasis on it. So many people message me, private message me, through my Instagram around sleep, and as much as I want to help, there are two statements that I live by. Number one, we don't actually have a sleep problem. What we do have is a social priorities problem. And the second one, if you create the right environment, your body will take care of the rest. Now let those two sink in first because they really are really, really important for us. Now research is very clear now that poor sleep or insufficient sleep impacts enormously on our health. It's not just about I feel tired and I'm not not being able to function. It's what it's doing to us metabolically that impacts on us so much. It impacts greatly on our hormones, increasing the risk of cancers, in particular breast and prostate cancers. It also confuses our hunger hormones in ghrelin and leptin, which is why, have you ever noticed, that you always feel hungry when you've had insufficient sleep? Now, poor sleep is also linked to heart disease, type 2 diabetes, anxiety and depression, as well as obesity. And the metabolic changes, especially to our blood sugar, has an enormous impact on our diabetes and also obesity. Now, when we, when we do feel great, and when we don't feel great and we've put on weight, All we think about is getting to the gym or getting to our latest local F45 or doing HIIT sessions or intense exercise. And this is very, very common. But the absolute best strategy that you can create is to establish a really good solid sleep routine and the rest just follows. It impacts on hunger signaling. It reduces snacking and overeating and improves performance, cognitive ability and reduces so many other biological problems that we have. The expression, I can sleep when I'm dead, is just plain stupid because all you're doing is stating, I'm going to get there quicker. Given the research around the impacts um, and the lack of sleep, uh, sorry, given the research around the impacts that lack of proper sleep has. Okay, So it's time for me to put my wagging finger away now, and I'm now going to put my arm around you and provide you with some simple strategies to help you to sleep better. In fact, 
I've got 14 solid tips. So stop this podcast now and go and grab yourself a pen and paper. Now, number one, the first step to getting better sleep at night is to increase your bright light exposure during the day. That's right. The earlier you get bright light exposure, then the more your body's circadian rhythm will be in line with the biological day and biological night. Your body has a natural timekeeping clock, which is known as your circadian rhythm. Now, this severely impacts on our brain, body, and hormones, and helps you stay awake and tells your body when it's time to sleep. So daylight, broad, bright daylight, actually triggers our circadian rhythm that it is daytime. So natural sunlight or bright light during the day helps keep our circadian rhythm healthy. This improves our daytime energy as well as our nighttime sleep quality and also the duration of our sleep. Now in people that suffer from insomnia, daytime bright light exposure improves sleep quality and duration. It also reduced the time that it took to fall asleep by 83%. So think about that. If you are someone who suffers from insomnia, get that daytime bright light exposure and it will improve not only your sleep quality, but it will improve the time that you can fall asleep by 83%. That's enormous. A similar study in older adults also found that two hours of bright light exposure during the day increased the amount of sleep by two hours and sleep efficiency by 80%. While most research involves people with severe sleep issues, daily light exposure will most likely help you even if you experience average sleep. So try getting daily sunlight exposure or, if this is not practical, invest in an artificial bright light device or bulbs and these are available all over the place. That's number one. Number two, we reduce blue light exposure in the evening. Now, I've done a whole podcast on this, so you can actually go and have a look at, uh, have a listen to that last podcast. It's the episode previous to this one here, and that goes into things in great detail. But exposure to light during the day is actually beneficial, but nighttime light exposure has the opposite effect, and it purely is that simple. And this is, again, It's just due to the effect on your circadian rhythm, which tricks your brain into thinking it's still daytime. And this reduces the hormone like melatonin, which helps you to relax and to get into that deep sleep. Blue light, which electronic devices like smartphones and computers emit in large amounts, is the worst possible in this regard. Think your TV as well. There are several popular methods which you can reduce nighttime blue light exposure. This includes wearing glasses, the amber lens glasses that block blue light, turning on night shift on your uh, laptop or your computer, installing an app that blocks blue light on your smartphone, or stop watching TV and turn off the bright lights about two hours before heading to bed. Go back to thinking about the camping scenario that I gave in the last podcast. When you go camping, You wake up with the light, you're stimulated all day, and by 7, 7.30 at night, you're ready to go to sleep. You're out, you're done, that's it. And that is your natural circadian rhythm because you're running in sync with your light without the interference from incandescent light or fluorescent light from everywhere that we get it from in our lives today. 
So that's number two. Number three, don't consume caffeine late in the day. Now, when consumed late in the day, caffeine stimulates your nervous system and it may also stop your body from relaxing at night. In one study, consuming caffeine up to six hours before bed significantly worsened sleep quality. Now, caffeine can stay elevated in your bloodstream for six to eight hours. So therefore, drinking large amounts of coffee after 3 to 4 p.m. or in that six to eight hours before you go to bed is literally not recommended, especially if you're someone who is sensitive to caffeine or if you have trouble sleeping. Now, it's important to note that caffeine is also in many diet soft drinks or soft drinks and chocolate and green tea and guarana and energy drinks and It's the main ingredient, in fact, it's the only active ingredient in your pre-workout. So be careful with caffeine. That's number three. Number four, having long naps during the day. Now, I've done a whole podcast about this one, so I won't bore you with all the detail, but long or irregular napping during the day will negatively affect your sleep by confusing your circadian rhythm and will stuff up your sleep at night. Now, one study noted that while napping for 30 minutes or less can enhance daytime brain function, longer naps can actually harm health and sleep quality. So in summary, you either stop napping during the day or in between your main sleeps, or if you need need a nap, have a nap that goes for less than 30 minutes. Number five, shift workers, I need you to just look, turn, tune out or look away for this one because consistent timing of going to bed and getting up is the key to good sleep. Now, studies even show that having a regular pattern of sleep during the week and sleeping in on the weekend is actually detrimental to your overall sleep. Now, what we do here is when we think about teenagers, have a think about teenagers for you who've got teenage children or go back to the time when you were a teenager, if you can remember it, because I can hardly. Think about the times when you used to have to get up and go to school and you were up at a regular time in the morning and going to bed at a regular time at night and then you got to the weekend and you slept in to catch up on your sleep, quote end quote. And what actually happened when you got to Monday morning? You really struggled to get out of bed because you'd thrown your circadian rhythm into confusion. It was thinking, I'm going to get another lie in and it didn't. So it's woken you up out of deep REM sleep which is why you really struggle. So ideally, if you are a regular nine-to-fiver, try and get to bed or get up within an hour or two at the most of where you would normally go to bed or sleep every single day, and that will improve the quality of your sleep. Number six, don't drink alcohol. Sorry, not sorry. But having a couple of drinks at night can really negatively affect your sleep and your hormones. Now, alcohol is known to cause an increase in the symptoms of sleep apnea, snoring, and disrupted sleep patterns. That's a fact. Research shows that. Research also shows that it alters nighttime melatonin production, which plays a key role in your body's circadian rhythm. Melatonin is imperative to help us to not only go to sleep, but to stay asleep And it just keeps us in line with our circadian rhythm. It is secreted at a particular time and only ever once per 24-hour cycle. So that's really, really important. And another study found that alcohol consumption at night decreased the natural nighttime elevations in human growth hormone, which plays a role in your circadian rhythm and also has many other key functions. 
Now, if you're going to the gym and you're trying to build muscle, when we sleep is when that human growth hormone is secreted. And this is when we grow muscle. But if you're drinking alcohol, then you're actually inhibiting this human growth hormone and you're undoing all of that good work that you've done in the gym. So keep that in mind. Number seven, optimize your bedroom environment. Now, this sounds simple, but many people believe that the bedroom environment and its setup are key factors in getting a good night's sleep. Now, these factors include a number of things. One, temperature, noise, external lights, and even where your furniture is arranged. Numerous studies point out that external noise, often from traffic, can cause poor sleep and long-term health issues. Duh. If you can hear noise, there's no way can you rest properly and sleep, can you? In one study on the bedroom environment of women, around 50% of participants noticed improved sleep quality when the noise and the light diminished. Once again, this sounds duh, but it is legitimate and proven by research. To optimise your bedroom environment, we need to minimise external noise, minimise light, artificial light from devices like alarm clocks. Make sure your bedroom is quiet, it is relaxing, it is clean and an enjoyable place. And I always say to clients and say to people, stand at the door to your bedroom and have a look at your bed and have a look around your bedroom. Is that somewhere that looks peaceful and restful? Because this transfers into your sleep. So let's move on from that. Number eight is to set your bedroom temperature. Now, body and bedroom temperature can severely impact on your sleep quality. Now, as you've probably experienced in summer or hot locations, it can be really hard to get a good night's sleep when it's too warm. Think back to the summer. The windows are open, you're hot, you've hardly you've got no um, duvet on, no doona on, you're lying there with a sheet, you just feel hot, uncomfortable, you don't sleep properly, you're tossing and turning. One study found that the bedroom temperature affected sleep quality more than external noise. So think about that. Don't worry about the jackhammer going next door. If your bedroom's too hot, you probably wouldn't have slept anyway. Other studies reveal that the increased body and bedroom temperature will decrease sleep quality and increase wakefulness. Okay, so what temperature should we have our bedroom at? If you've got a thermostat-controlled bedroom or a... uh, reverse cycle uh, aircon heater, whatever, around 70 degrees Fahrenheit, 20 degrees Celsius is actually around about the correct temperature for most people. But once again, we're all individuals and some people will want it a little warmer and some people will want it a little less. But that is the mark that shows that it's around the right temperature. 20 degrees Celsius, 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, number nine... Don't eat late in the evening. Now, eating late in the night may negatively affect both sleep quality and the natural release of human growth hormone, as well as melatonin. That said, the quality and type of your late night snack may also play a role as well. In one study, a high-carb meal eaten four hours before bed actually helped people fall asleep faster. Think to the family Christmas function or family Easter, or whatever it is that you have when you get together and have a big do. All you want to do is go and sit on the couch in a food coma and sleep. Same deal. Interestingly, one study discovered that a low-carb diet also improves sleep, indicating that carbs aren't always necessary, 
but this would mainly be for people who are used to a low carb diet as well. So think about that. And as a shift worker, just think about it. Don't have, it's not so much about don't eat late, don't eat too much. If you've been a shift worker and you've actually fasted overnight, it would be ludicrous to not eat before you go to bed because you will wake up because you're hungry. So a small carbohydrate, I say small carbohydrate and protein meal will not only support you going to sleep, but it will help you to stay asleep as well. Number 10, relax and clear your mind in the evening or before you go to bed. It's vital, particularly for our shift working community, it's vital that we don't put on our doof doof boots when we're driving home from work and listen to music or talk about radio or things that are going to actually stimulate us. Now, the pre-sleep routine is actually what helps us to relax. It's called a sleep hygiene. And the best thing to do is to have a regular sleep hygiene that you follow leading into your sleep. This triggers our body into going to sleep. So by doing that, it sets a routine for your body and it goes, oh, okay, so we're starting to go to sleep now. Now, relaxation techniques before bed have been shown to improve sleep quality and are another common technique which is used to treat insomnia. In one study, a relaxing massage improved sleep quality in people who were ill. So if you're not feeling well, good time. Produce the study and say to the other half, I need a massage. That'll help you to sleep. Good luck with that. Strategies also include listening to relaxing music. Now, I talked about the doof doof. No, just something relaxing. Reading a book, taking a hot bath, hot shower, meditating, having a meditation practice, deep breathing. Anything like that will actually help you. Practice gratitude. Write down three things that you're grateful for every single day and see if that helps. By emptying your mind, it actually helps you to relax. Put a pen and paper by your bed so as you have that thought, you can write it down, get rid of it. You'll be amazed at the difference that that will actually make as well. Number 11, have a relaxing bath or a shower. Now, a relaxing bath or a shower is another popular way for people to sleep better. Now, studies indicate that they can actually help to improve overall sleep quality and help people... especially us older adults, to fall asleep even faster. In one study, taking a hot bath 90 minutes before bed improved sleep quality and helped people to get more deep sleep. Alternatively, if you don't want to take a full bath at night, by simply immersing your feet in hot water can help you to relax and improve sleep. So if you look at what the research says around this, a hot bath 90 minutes before bed, What about if you had a hot shower 90 minutes before you went to bed or soaked your feet? That's the good time to put the blue light blockers on to actually have your, after you've had a shower, you look a bit funny wearing them in the shower, wouldn't you? Anyway, have your shower, put your blue light blockers on, nice and hot, and away you go. It just helps because as your body goes through the spectrum of from hot to cold, so it cools you to go to sleep. Your body must be cool to sleep. Now, the other point, number 12 Get a comfortable bed, mattress, and pillow. Ever wonder why you sleep better when you're in a hotel? They are continually rotating their mattresses, and the room is generally pitch black, dark. That's why you're sleeping well. So apart from the relaxing environment, the bed quality can also severely affect your sleep. 
Now, one study looked at the benefits of a new mattress for 28 days, revealing that it reduced back pain by 57%, shoulder pain by 60%, back stiffness by 59%, but it improved sleep quality by 60%. Other studies point out that new bedding can actually enhance sleep. Additionally, poor quality bedding can lead to increased lower back pain. So, what about if we have a think about our clean sheets? Like night shift workers, when you get out of bed and you strip your bed and you put it in the washing machine and you give yourself clean sheets, everybody loves clean sheets to climb into bed to after a long day. And how well do we sleep in clean sheets? Think back, have a think about it, all right? Now, the best mattress and bedding is always very subjective for everyone. So if you're upgrading your bedding, base your choice on your own personal preference. It's recommended that you upgrade your bedding, you ready, at least every five to eight years. Good luck, start saving, you might need to budget for that. If you haven't replaced your mattress or bedding for several years, this can be a very quick, although possibly expensive, fix for you. But what price are you putting on your sleep? Have a think about how long you've had your mattress for. Is it time to upgrade? My next point is to exercise regularly, but it's vital that we don't exercise just before bed. Exercise is one of the best, the best, most researched ways to improve your sleep as well as your health. Exercise will enhance all aspects of sleep and has been used to reduce symptoms of insomnia. One study in older adults determined that exercise exercises nearly halved the amount of time it took for people to fall asleep and provided 41 more minutes of sleep at night. Now, in people with severe insomnia, exercise offered more benefits than most drugs. Exercise reduced time to fall asleep by 55%, our total night wakefulness by 30%, and it reduced anxiety by 15%, while increasing our total sleep time by 18%. Although daily exercise is key for a good night's sleep, performing it too late in the day may cause sleep problems. And this is due to the stimulatory effect of exercise, which increases alertness and hormones like epinephrine and adrenaline. We want to be very, very careful that we're not stimulating our central nervous system and producing hormones that prevent sleep by exercising late in the day before we go to bed. However, some studies showed no negative effects, so it clearly depends on who the individual is. My final point, and this is very, very important. If you have nailed those previous 13 points and you are still struggling with sleep, and I mean nailed them, you've got them all right, or you do all of this and you're still struggling with sleep, there may be an underlying health condition that could be causing your sleep problems. And one of those common causes is sleep apnea, which causes inconsistent and interrupted breathing. And people with this disorder will stop breathing repeatedly while they're sleeping. Now, this condition is much more common than you may actually think. And one review claimed that 24% of men and 9% of women actually have sleep apnea. Other common medically diagnosed issues include sleep movement disorder and circadian rhythm sleep-wake disorders, which are common in shift workers. Shift work sleep disorder is another one. 
This is at a time when you are actually, you cannot stay awake during the night and you cannot sleep at all during the day. Now, we're not designed to do that, but by environment, we can actually do it. But if you're a person that can't, it's vital that if anything, if you've nailed those previous 13 points and you are still not sleeping properly, properly and you've always struggled with your sleep, it may be wise to actually make an appointment and go and sit down and discuss this situation with your physician. All right, we've banged on long enough there. So I've given you 13 points and the 14th is actually to rule out a sleep disorder, which could be the problem. All right, so in summary, until you've nailed all of those, you don't have a sleep problem. What you actually have is a social priorities problem. Now, you might be asking what I mean by that. What I mean by that is watching TV is far more important in the evening than getting into a sleep hygiene, sleep routine, or reading a book, having a hot shower, making sure your bed's comfortable, making sure you're wearing blue light blockers, that you've got your um, sleep mask, blah, 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 all of that or you're making phone calls, or you're surfing Facebook, or Instagram, or anything along those lines there. It's not necessary. I always apply a principle to people and to clients that if you wouldn't set an alarm to wake up, if you wouldn't set an alarm for 5am in the morning to wake up and do what you're doing in the evening, go to bed. All right, that's the most important advice that I can give in relation to that. Because I can promise you this, without any hesitation at all, that if you create the environment, your body will take care of sleep for you because its biological function is to sleep in a 24-hour cycle every single day. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you get notified whenever a new episode is released. It would also be ever so helpful if you could leave a rating and review on the app you're currently listening on. If you want to know more about me or work with me, you can go to ahealthyshift.com. I'll catch you on the next one.